When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find a seat. To Moving Iron Podcast. I've got John Womack from Iron Solutions on here today. John, how you doing? Doing well, doing well, Casey. How about yourself? Doing good, man. John is what's director of guide editor? Managing, managing managing guide editor. That's it. That's yeah. the one I was looking for. Yeah. Managing guide editor over at, at Iron Solutions. So he's the guy that he and his team put together the uh, the guidebook and the values that you see, and they uh, constantly trying to figure that out and keep the head of that ball there. So, John, we got a I don't know. I see. Best way to put this, we've had, we've had a run of combines here of late. You know, obviously, we've seen a lot of that happen. A lot more combines sold a lot earlier than I thought they were going to sell. I can tell you that much. Um, we got another big one coming up here uh, at the end of the month, here in August. And I watched. Uh, I don't know if it's the first X9 to get sold to auction, but I watched one sell the other day. Uh, Stuff has had one they sold, and it was a 2020, and I. You know, escapes. I want to say it had like 800 engine and 600 sup or something like something along those lines. Pretty well loaded up tracks, the whole nine yards. Brought a little over 500,000. Um, 
I wasn't overly shocked by the five hundred thousand dollar value. I, I kind of that's what I kind of figured it would be in. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew I figured it would be less than five and a half, and I think it was five twenty five or five fourteen or something like that that it sold for. Um, mm-hmm. I really thought it'd be less than five hundred and you know, be in the high four nineties is kind of what I was thinking. But it brought a little bit more than what I was anticipating, but nothing to where I was gonna. I was shocked by the fact of what I saw there. Um, you know, taking a look at what you see out there, John. There's a lot of 2020 and newer combines that have been sold here of late. And I don't care what color they are. Right. Um, yeah. I don't care if they're Case, Kloss, Deer, New Holland, Gleaner, you name it. Yeah. They've been, yeah. they've been selling them. So I guess that's two things. One, it shows me that, one, we are heavily over um, uh, oversupplied in the marketplace if that's what you have to do to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Two, um, the snapback that we're seeing in the marketplace, and that's kind of where I want you, your opinion on that. When I look at what's happening, I'm not yet seeing values that are that are, oh my God, the world's collapsing. I'm still right. they're still holding tight. You know, they're still doing mm-hmm. what they need to be doing, but they're not they're not like yes, we're holding our money together either. You know what I mean? So I guess give me your right. thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of the way I'm seeing it too. I mean, you know, as far as combines are concerned, I mean. You know, it's like I've, I've said this. See, we started seeing weakness in the combine market in, I believe it was September of last year. Yeah. Uh, maybe just a little bit sooner than that. Um, but, you know, combines, I was not surprised by that. Combines are the first thing to always fall off the shelf. Sure. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it's the, it's one of the heaviest, it's one of the heaviest wear machines that you can do that, you know, you can do tons of, you know, tons of crop with. So, you know, it probably did. They didn't fall off the shelf probably as quickly as say, you know, like a cotton picker or a forage harvester. But but then but then again, at the same time, you know, cotton pickers and forage harvesters very niche, very niche market. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, they're just they're just doing what they normally do. I mean, they're coming kind of back. They're coming kind of back down to kind of back down to normal. I mean, we have uh, we do have an overpopulation in the um, in the later models, so 2020. 21 and 22 and that's the reason why i think we're seeing a lot of 22s and 21s 20s um going to uh going to the auction block right now um i don't necessarily know um if the numbers that we that we saw coming out of the uh coming out of the auctions you know in the summertime is very indicative of what we're actually what the actual combine market is um just because i mean it's summertime you know you put if you put combines and uh you know in auctions in the summertime um, you're probably going to get a little bit lesser value for those. Um, so I do, but so I do believe that the uh, that what they're actually going to go for is somewhere in between of what they're actually advertising for. You know, right now what dealers are trying to advertise them for, um, and what they're actually you know going for going for on the auction block. Sure. Uh, but oversupply, 100, you know, 100 uh, percent. I mean that's and I, well, I mean we all saw that coming. Sure. Uh, you know, and we all and we all knew what was gonna, you know, what was gonna happen. I mean, dealers can't help themselves. Uh, but but at the same but at the same at the same time, you got to get market share. I mean, that's just that's what it all that's what it all chalks up to. But you know, when talking to some dealers about moving combines and you know taking some hits that they've taken, it's well, you know what, we took the hit, but we don't now we don't have seven and eight percent holding calls. Sure. We don't have to take in that extra trade. And and we actually only write off about a hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars on our books. We actually got rid of the whole five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars on our books. We don't have to worry about it anymore. So we're willing to take a little bit of a hit for that um, to get to you know to get rid of some money. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that's the uh, that that's one of the things that we're seeing happen here now is that last time, whenever we've done this, I want to say last time because combines are always on that list yeah. of revolving auction mm -hmm. things, but. Uh, you know, people talk about combines like this is a new thing. It's, it's, just, it's the same thing ever, over and over again. But it's the same, it's the same old, it's the same old song. It's the same old song and dance. I mean, we we never got rid of combines to begin with. No. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone everyone wants to talk about you know we were short on this and short on that. Yeah, I mean, the idea of being short on combines is that you don't have a thousand of them on have them on MF Pro. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 being short on combines. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the, this this time we had coming around. We we got stuff down to where there were not a windrow of uh, 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 combines sitting on the back lot someplace. There were two or three now, and that was what we were down right. to, you know. Yeah. And so, and there for there for a quick, you know, six minute run, combines did have the oh we can't get a combine, so we, here's this used one. Mm -hmm. Are we gonna inflate the price type of thing to to compensate with it? As you come across there, so you know. All that being said, as you take a, go back and take a look at what where combines are at now, the concerning thing I think I have about the combine market more than anything right now is one: um, interest rates are going to drive decision making that they didn't have to make those decisions. You know, even even back in in eighteen nineteen time frame, because you still had really cheap interest, right? Right. Some really, you, had, you know, you could hold it for a while. Go back to 11 and 12, 13, 14, where interest rates were literally 0%, you know, and your right. holding cost was like, I want to say it was like 1.5 or 2% yeah. or something like that. You can you can hold, you can pay a lot of interest, mm -hmm. and you're going to lose 50 grand, right? Mm -hmm. right? So now if you're looking at it, uh, this, uh, this situation we see with interest rates now, you, I think there's I don't want to, there's not snap judgments because that's not that's not the right word to make but it's the 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 hastiness to go get something off the lot is going to be higher and I, th I feel like there's going to be some pretty big repercussions that come from that down the line and, and um, we'll 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 have to see what happens but I think also too is that there's still on farm the on farm income is still there yeah it's not it's not gone away yet mm -hmm. um, we're going to have some good crops with some good uh, well, we're gonna have good crop prices anyway, depending on where you're at. You might have good crops, you may not have good crops, you know. But whatever the price might be there for you, and you've had the opportunity to set yourself up for those um, mm -hmm. forward contracts and stuff like that that have been very high, so very profitable in those things. So mm -hmm. it should be there, and I think that's gonna kind of help drive some of this when we see this auction stuff moving forward here through the end of the year. So. Uh, you know, it, your your guess is as good as mine as to what it's going to turn out to. But right now, it's shaping up to look like things are not "quote unquote" collapsing. Right? Yeah, the sky's yeah. not falling. They're holding. They're holding. <coughs> yeah, I mean, the sky's the sky's not falling uh, by any by any means um, of the imagination. But you know, um, it's kind of like we were talking about before. You know, everyone everyone talks about you know combines, 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 combines. Which, but in my opinion, we need to be talking about large row crop tractors, four-wheel drives, and sprayers. Um, because, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of, I'm not, uh, some, I, I think some, depending on where you're at, um, it kind of surprised how, how big of a stack up that we've got a lar of large row crop tractors. I believe eight R's started stacking up a little bit more before, say, like Magnums. Um, just because of, 
you know, I mean, you know, Case had the strike, and then yep. you know that kind of settled that kind of settled back a little bit, you know, a little bit. But I mean, they're only about a you know a quarter to a quarter and a half behind. So I mean, you know, we're starting to see a little bit of a stack up here, and you know, from uh, from the guide from the guide standpoint, when we start to see even a you know a, an inkling that something like that's going to start happening, especially right now with where we talked about interest rates, holding costs, all this other sure. kind of stuff. Um, we got to start turning those numbers down, um, and the reason you know, and the reason why that is, not to say that there's a collapse coming, you know, or anything like that. When I say we're going to start to turn, start turning, you know, the top the top end down a little bit, we're talking about a couple percent, you know, something something like that, because they're not going to bring that, they're not going to demand that high price that they've done in the past when you couldn't get one. Um, it's just simple laws of supply and demand. Prices do have to come down. Um, and I believe that on the tractor market, I would say probably as a whole, we've probably hit the wall. Um, and I, I mean, when you look at you know nine RXs for over seven hundred thousand dollars, I mean good. I mean goodness, like how like how much you know how much more can you ask you know can you ask for one? Right. Um, and you know when you talk about eleven, twelve, thirteen, you know when we had all this equipment stacking up, no, no, not only did we have you know. One and a half, two percent holding costs. We're also talking about two hundred thousand dollar combines then. Sure. You know, and we're talking about one hundred fifty thousand dollar tractors. Now we're talking about you know five, six, seven hundred thousand dollar tractors without even shaking a stick at it. And combine, you know, combines are in the you know in the same boat. And then you have things enter it, you know. Then you have things introduced into the market like the X nine, yeah. uh, which you know how many times could you actually roll that piece of equipment? Um, because it's not a class eight, it's not a class nine. I mean, that has to go to a you know to a specific um, customer, a specific client. So how so how many you know it's kind of the whole the whole saying of you know how many butts will actually go in those seats. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think there's very many. So we better be you know we better be depreciating that thing pretty uh, pretty fast because if we're not, yeah. somebody's going to end up with a four or three four hundred thousand dollar yard gnome. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of goes back to the same thing, too. We, we, I've had these conversations about how uh, the, buy, the buying public has, has really gotten solidified into these different buying groups. And as you look at what those buying groups look like and how they come together, um, you know, you go, back, you go back 10 years, and it was not uncommon to have the guy that would buy the new combine every five years, but his entire fleet of tractors were used, right? right. Buy a new combine every three or four, five years, whatever it was, and then he'd buy a new tractor every two years or whatever, or a used tractor every two years type of deal. And that's kind of how they had that thing going. And then mm -hmm. as, as the years went on, it got harder and harder and harder to where now, not only not buying a new combine, they're not buying a one- or two-year-old combine, they're buying a three- or five-year-old combine that's got more hours on it than they ever even dreamt of ever seen on a combine mm -hmm. that they would have on their farm. Right. And the, re and the yeah. reason for that is it's the price and what they can afford and what makes sense <laughs> on their farm. And these these operations are um, becoming uh, very, um, what's the best way? Just, just they have to stay in this bucket. Right. Mm -hmm. This is where they can. This is where they work at right here. This is what they're doing, <laughs> and they have to stay right here in order to make that work. And I think. As you look at a washout, you know, a guy like me that's looking at washout cycles and, and trying to figure out, you know, use turn and those kind of things at all, this is kind of, I don't want to say it's made it easy because it's not made it easy by anybody. But it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing now because now I don't have to worry. I'm not worried so much about, you know, 
in 2010 when the guy had the 9600 in and things were really good and I traded my 9600 in on a brand new you know S or not even S and 9770 at the time Absolutely. right right mm -hmm. so I mean now you had they skipped over the the, the 10 the 50 the 60 the, and all the way up to 70 and now they're not going to do that they're going right. to probably going to even trade in an older machine an older class 7 combine for the same series current series that they have it just might be three or four years newer you know what I mean yeah 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 I mean yes yeah, yeah I mean that's exactly right I mean it uh you know the dollar definitely does not go as far as it used to and uh you know and you know way coming off of all these you know interim price increases uh things that we have never things that we've never seen before um <clears throat> I was talking to another uh John dealer in Louisiana and you know he said he asked me he said John he said what's the normal price increase that we normally see and I'm like well that's right down you know two or three percent he said exactly he said so what so how many price increases have we seen this year and what are the percentages and I said well we've seen you know four you know three, two three I mean depending on depending on what brand you're talking about and uh, and I said you know all together it's about thirty percent and he said yes he said so we've actually jumped that jumped the price increase, you know, 10 to 15 years. And then if you look at how, how machines are not depreciating, that's another 10-year jump. So we've actually jumped pricing 25 years in a year and a half or two years. Yeah, but you think about that, that's, uh, I would I hope, I wish we were on an island somewhere so we could complain about that, but so yeah. has Ford pickups and so have, you know, a can oh, no, at the grocery store. And that's yeah. that's the thing about this whole this whole situation that we're in is that not not only from our industry standpoint where we're at, it's everything and now is just put so much more pressure on the buying public that everything across the board is that and then you throw high interest on top of that and mm -hmm. and then you throw uh, you know, a questionable uh, what's going on with this crop. So now you got this un you know, my my a guy across the street's telling me his his crop's the worst ever. I'm looking at mine, thinking, well, it's not all that bad. But you know, the guy, the other guy down at the coffee shop, it's about four miles down. He's got an, a mediocre crop. So I mean, what do I really have? So now, a second now, you have got this 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 uncertainty out there that you're throwing that on top of there. All we need now is just a, uh, I mean, uh, a, a really really starting to show a sign of softening in the marketplace when it mm -hmm. comes to equipment values. And and there's your match that starts to fire. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's you know it's there's a lot of things that are that are starting to kind of pile up, and it's just going to take one of those things. You know, we've got to really get the get the fire going. And I think that's what we're waiting for. In my opinion, is what's the buying habits look like of the guys coming in? Because you're exactly right about the eight R's and the row crop tractors and uh, the magnums and. The, the quad tracks and the, the uh, RXs and all the different things that are out there, <coughs> it's it's everybody's been so conditioned and trained that combines, combines, combines that you know what's but over here you have this whole another thing kind of creeping up on you and that's and that's what we're seeing you know is mm -hmm. there there are a lot of eight, there's a lot of row crops out there on the yeah market. I mean People when's the completely ignoring I mean when's the when's the last time you saw late model eight R's go to the auction block. For man, about since uh, 2012 or 13. That's the other thing too. That same conversation. Well, we never we don't take row crop tractors auction. Like, bullshit. <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people do. I mean, I don't necessarily know if you've been watching auctions, you know? but I have. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, and and talking to you know, and I know 
all those dealers that have been that have been doing that. So when I see it happening, I just you know start calling some guys up and say, hey, you know what's the what's the thought process here? And the majority of the time, it's we know what we have coming back, yeah, and holding cost again. Um, but we know that we can't sell out of if we kept everything that we have now, and then we're looking at what we have coming back because it's not really that hard to get new stuff, really anymore. I mean, you got to wait a little bit. But it's, I mean, depending on what it is, it's not really that hard to get new stuff right now. Um, it's not near as bad as it was a year ago um, when, we were going, when we were going through this. But they just, they know, hey, if I don't get rid of this, I'm going to be in a world of hurt. Right. So that's exactly, so that's exactly what they're, so that's exactly what they're doing. Haven't seen very many 9Rs go to the, go to the auction, especially late model stuff, because uh, I do believe we are still... A tick on the short side, depending on if you're talking wheeled or tracked. Um, but it's coming, and it's coming quick. And I do believe by I do believe by the end of the year, um, we're gonna really have a very good idea of how quickly it's actually going to come if it hasn't if it hasn't come before then. Um, so we're kind of we're kind of still. I'm not gonna say we're up in the air on it because I believe I believe like we I believe we have it pretty well pinned down. Um, but you know, you talk about buying habits and you know, how the crops are actually going to come off, you know, and stuff like that. Once we start seeing harvest numbers, you know, we talk, start talking about corn, you know, on over here, these guys got, you know, great rains, great moisture, uh, the corn looks great. Over here on the other side, guys got late rain. Um, so, you know, that started, and it was really hot, so that started pushing their corn to early tasseling, you know, and everything else. Well, well then they got rain. Well, Okay, the corn looks good because that rain, I mean, you hit, you hit corn with a little bit of urea and you let some rain come over top of that, it looks great, it's tall, it's green, but no one knows what's, in, what's inside that shuck. Yep. No one knows what's on that stalk. And, you know, we're, you know, we're not too far away from figuring out exactly what, it, exactly what, uh, exactly what's, uh, you know, what's in there. And yeah. I mean, we're not even talking about, talking about beans, uh, you know, I mean, beans are at beans are 100% in the same boat, depending on when you plant them. You know, some guys are doing. You know, if you're doing your group fours, your group fives. You know, depending on where you're at. I mean, you got to have you've got to have water. You got to have the you got to have the moisture. I know a lot of guys like where I'm from. Where I'm from, it's all it's very uh, you know all irrigated. Uh, of course, that's a lot of that's big rice country. You know, you got to have irrigation to grow rice. Um, but the the vast majority of it is irrigated. And, um, you know, so all the guys got to do is go out there and, you know, turn the pump on, but you still got to put fuel in the pump. Right. And fuel is not cheap. Right. So they're spending a lot of their money on fuel. Yeah. But then again, I mean, if that saves your crop, is it, I mean, you know, sometimes that juice is worth the squeeze, you know, yeah. I guess, I guess yeah. you could say, but, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, I'd, I'd like to get your take on this, but like, mm -hmm. in my opinion, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, like what you were talking about. And when there's uncertainty, people start to try to talk themselves into things. Um, you know, we were talking about, you know, recession, you know, and stuff like that, you know, not too long ago, still talking about it now. There's not a ton of stuff out there that I'm seeing um, that's screaming recession. I mean, you know, like we've got high interest rates, we've got this, we've got that. And yeah, we've seen some tech layoffs, um, you know, and everything else. We are spending a little bit more money, but... I mean, I'm just not seeing a whole lot of stuff that's saying just screaming at me, recession, 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 right. recession. Right. However, all we hear is recession. So how much are we going to talk ourselves into this stuff? 
Well, I, I think I think the recession talk is, is from what it was to where it's at now is is really really slowed down. Um, we are uh, along. I think we just you know because like Rich Boston comes on here, he talks about the stuff, and and he's never been on the recession train. He's like, we're not going into yeah. recession ever. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And so now we've got, we've kind of got this deal set up over here where we're looking at all the different aspects you have and a lot of those talking heads on TV that were screaming and jumping up and down and screaming and yelling about a recession, this, that, and the other thing. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that depending on which, which uh, news network you're listening to, you know, s- supports one side or the other, unfortunately. Right. No one, nobody really freaking gives you a straight answer anymore. It's, it's whatever team they're on, you know. But... Yeah. So I think a lot of that screaming for recession was a, was a hope and prayer that this could happen, and then you know we'd get another group of people in. So, mm-hmm. you know, as you're taking a look at that, I think that had part of it. But I, so far, so far, so good. I mean, as far as what things have looked like and how those things are coming together. Th- at the end of the day, what, what really is going to make a difference is what happens. What happens. The Fed comes tomorrow and says, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna lower interest rates by two percent. So we're gonna go from uh, the, the Fed lending rate over at what it is five and a quarter now, whatever. We're gonna be down to three and a quarter. So that means that we're gonna have five and a half to six percent interest rates. Oh my God! You can talk about a buying craze. Oh people, yeah, people are gonna jump all over that. You know what I mean? They're gonna oh, I'm, I'm definitely I'm gonna refinance what I got and get down to this. I'm gonna trade out of that. And get into that. You know." That'll that'll spur a big huge. And it's going to happen across the board. I mean, it's going to happen in farm equipment. It's going to happen in the housing market. It's going to happen sure. with you know automobiles. I mean, it's going to. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen everywhere. And you know, I mean, but uh, you know, when I think about you know farmers, because like you know my uh, my grandmother was in the you know was in the uh, cotton industry, dealt yep. with farmers for thirty five plus years. She's general manager of a cotton gin, and uh, bless her heart. You know, Oh, I know, I know. Well, we, well, we, we rode, we rode the highs and the lows, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still, I still remember, I still remember when deer, when deer, uh, was uh, demoing their first uh, baler picker. Yeah. Um, and you know they were, you know there were guys out there from deer and you know and whatnot, you know demoing it, you know and whatnot. And I was like, man, they came to this small little corner of the corner of the U.S. to uh, to demo this. I thought that was, I just always thought that was so cool. Yeah. But uh but also you know she she used to tell me farmers are some of the most pessimistic people that I've ever met in my life. And I was like and I just always joked with her. I was like so is that reason why you're a pessimist? <laughs> um she didn't think it was near as funny as what I did. But <laughs> I never do. They never do. No, no, no. <laughs> uh but I mean but you know that's I mean that's the that's the thing I mean ha- have you ever met a farmer that says he ain't broke? No. Uh, no, I haven't I haven't either. Uh, I've got a lot of friends here, farmers, and uh, every single time, man, we're poor. We're just broke. We're just broke. Yeah. You know, I got a I got a lake house and a you know and a nice ski boat, but boy, we're broke. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but when they start to see uncertainties, what do they do? They just stop. Right. They, yep. they, you know, and the first thing that kind of go kind of goes off in their mind is how can I protect myself from this? Yeah. Uh, a lot of that, like what you're talking about there, a lot of that too is. As you as you talk about it, when when things are really really good and things are really really bad, the difference in, in where they're at because unfortunately they have all their assets are tied to whatever something they can't control when it comes to price. And I think that's that's where the pessimism comes from because one day 
holy crap, I've lost everything because on paper, because of what the price is, and then, you know, the next couple of days it come, comes back around or mm-hmm. what they contract for is different, and then next thing you know, they've they've rebounded nicely. But it it's a – god dang, man. They sit there – It's such an up-and-down battle. It's, it's yeah, yeah. You can't control any of it, and that's the, that's oh. the craziest part of it. No, it is. I mean, it's I mean, it's uh, it's abs- it's absolutely insane, um, you know, because you know, and, and at the end of the day, two farmers get paid once a year. That's right. You know, and and you don't really know what you're going to get paid. Yeah. So imagine, so just like, and that's what I tell people, you know, all the time is like, you know, imagine just working, 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 uh, uh, just a, an obscene amount of hours, um, you know, every single, almost every single day outside of the winter time, and you know, from up for most guys. But, uh, you know, in wintertime we're hauling and stuff like that, too, so you say we're working. Um, but, you know, and I have no idea if you're going to make money or not. Yeah. Like, it, it's, that's an, that's, it's an insane – and there's, no, there's nothing you can do to control it. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, at all. I mean, there's things that you can do to, you know, to make it better, make it worse. But you don't have complete control over anything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so it's, it's a crazy, crazy setup. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, de- it definitely is. So, so I do believe when a farmer starts to see uncertainties, um, he just sits down. Um, he or she just sits down, and I'm. So that's what I'm kind of. That's what I'm kind of wondering. You know, as we as we continue these things, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still money on the farm. They're making money. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, commodities are not looking as good now as they have in the past. Um, but I mean, all that stuff is already booked. All that stuff's been booked for quite some, for quite some time. The majority of it, anyways. Right. Um, so they're get, so they're getting so they're getting the high price. However, as we move forward, when we're not doing when we don't have all these forward have all these forward contracts, you know, and stuff like that, and you know, beans or not beans, corn starts to come down to you know, four fifty, right. something you know, something something like that. Um, you know, where are we you know where are we going to be? Um, and you know, as things start, as things start to come down and they're going to, we all, it has to, um, when it, when it happens, I think that the buying potential or the hunger for buying, um, is, is going to slow down unless we get something else, unless we get some lower interest rates, unless sure. we do this, unless we do that. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what I'm, what I'm paying attention to because, you know, at the end of the day, if farmer doesn't come in and buy it, it sets. And if it's set and it goes to the auction block and you get what you want or you get what you uh, get what you can get for it. That's right. That's right. You know. Yep. All right, John. So you're looking out there right now going in through the last quarter of the year. You're looking at this new guidebook coming out. Um, any big surprises that you've seen from the data that's come through? I'm sorry. Say that one more time. I think I think I've got to freeze. That's right. Uh as you look out through the end of the year, you got this new uh, fall guidebook coming out here in September. As you take a look at the data that you've seen so far, any big surprises to you so far? Um, not a not a ton. I mean, not a ton of big uh, you know big surprises. Um, you know, as we you know we talked about combines being combines. Um, we've you know pretty. I say we have pretty aggressively uh, you know pulled down combines uh, starting you know last December um, because you know. When we were talking about, you know, I started calling and talking to a bunch of dealers, and you know, said that their allocation numbers were up, and uh, everything was already sold, and you know, whatnot. So that was a signal to me that mm-hmm. we're about to have a big rush, um, <clears throat> you know. And hearing, uh, you know, looking at some of the data that I that I have is telling, you know, when we're looking at combine EOP, 
the numbers aren't necessarily down. Um, you know, so we kind of have that to go by go by as well on the com on the combine side. Um, one thing that I will say that was I'm not going to say it was surprising. Um, I was just like, oh, okay, so that's happening. Um, like your like your what I call your medium row crops, so like your six R's, um, and like your small like your small magnums um, are holding pretty steady. Um, they're kind of, I mean, they're just kind of staying right there and they're actually maybe, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit elevated, um, is what my, is what my data is showing me. Um, but I mean, Casey, are y'all seeing that over there, you know, over there in your neck of the woods as well? Yeah, I think so. I mean, most of the stuff we're seeing, I can't say that anything's really changed much value wise yet. Um, for as much stuff that's been sold and, and what I've kind of thought was going to happen, um, I just haven't seen anything yet that's that's telling me that we need to make a big adjustment to what we're doing. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. That, I mean. That's exactly right. And, you know. And I was talking about you know large row crops and uh, and four wheel drives. Um, you know, we are going to start turning those down a little bit. When I say turn them down a little bit, I'm talking about a percent, maybe two, which doesn't necessarily come out to a whole lot of dollars. But at the end of the day, you have to start somewhere. Right. Um, and I do, and I do believe that that we're to the we're to the point to where we do have to start turning turning that stuff down. Right. Um, I don't I don't dream that we're going to get aggressive with it like we like we are combines uh, by any by any means of the imagination. But it's like I you know it's like I said at the beginning of this conversation. I feel like we've hit the wall. Um, the more dealers and stuff that I talk to um, about tractors and whatnot, I feel like that we've hit the wall. Um, so that's kind of where we're that's kind of where we're at <clears throat> now moving forward um sprayers so i do know that there was a lot of ordering um that took place you know this summer with sprayers uh but i know that we're still kind of short we're still kind of short on them so when that ordering starts coming in of course you know it's going to take it you know six eight months maybe a little bit longer before we start to see those trades roll but um but after we after eight hours nine hours or just large row crops and four wheel drives in general. I believe the next thing up to the you know up to the chopping block might be the might be sprayers. So I say talk, to me, talk to me a little bit about that because sprayer numbers are so low. Why do you think that? Well, the sprayer numbers are so low, but I mean you know uh, they're I mean they're building I mean they're building sprayers now. We've got a lot of we got a lot of ordering that uh, that took place uh, you know middle middle of this year. Uh, and say was it July when a lot of ordering, you know, a lot of ordering opened up. Um, you know, EOPs, EOP ordering was good. Um, so you know, when we when we start to when we start to do all of that and we start to make more of them, then they have to come back at some point. Um, and I do, and like I said, I mean, this is this is me literally looking eight, nine, ten months down the road. Um, but I do, but I do believe it's gonna. That's what's gonna. That's what's going to happen. If I had to make a hypothesis, I guess you could say. Um, but we're paying attention to that, uh, very much paying, watching those numbers very, very, very closely of of what's coming out there, what's going to what's going to auction. Um, you know, because when we when we start to see things move, we have to move, right. and we don't want to be behind the eight ball. Right. So, uh, so that's kind of the we have to start thinking about these things and having these conversations. Um, as quickly as as I guess you could say we possibly can, and that's exactly what we're doing. Yep. Okay. Uh, did, 
the sprayer market's one of those things I've paid attention to just because of the sheer number of what's out there, and there's just not that many. And yeah, there's not very many. And you start looking at, but you're right. I mean, sooner or later they're going to start banging them out. And what's that look like? And then, but a lot of that too is where does where does uh, upgrade kits fall into those? Kits? I agree. That's that's yeah. them. Uh, Sprayers and planters both are one of those things where I'm just like, where, sooner or later we're going to start seeing these kind of really bang around a little bit. But yeah, yeah, the the you know the uh, you know performance upgrade kits. I mean, I still think it's a big question mark for a whole lot of people. Um, you know, having having a lot of conversations with a lot of different people within uh, within the industry, everyone's kind of saying the same thing. Hey, we're just going to kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, and you know, but you know, Casey, me and you have talked about like. You know, some. I mean, to to some extent, when we've got a when you've got a planter that's ten years old, and you put a put a performance upgrade kit on it, yeah, that planter will do these things. Right. But the toolbar is ten years old. Sure. Yeah. Um. So, at what point? At what point in time do we do we continue to, uh, you know, put you know put uh, upgrade kits on you know upgrade kits on things to where it becomes, you know, a little dangerous on the toolbar. Um, right up till it breaks. <laughs> that's and that's and that's what I was and that's uh, I mean that's exactly I mean that's exactly right. Like how many toolbars are going to snap? Yep. I think that's, that's that. I, I talked about that before and, and thought about that a lot. Like how far away from having to get something X-rayed before we can use it? You know, after a certain number of acres or years or whatever. So it'll be interesting how that plays out. Oh yeah, it'll be. I mean, it'll definitely it'll definitely be uh, be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting to get some feedback from dealers on how how we price those things. Yeah, because it's not it's not ten years old, right? But it is. But it's not. Brand um, new it's yeah, it's not brand new either. And it's not five years old, but the technology is three years old. Right. So it's like, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you, uh, how do you do that? And it's going to be the same thing, you know, the same thing with sprayers. But I do believe the appetite, the appetite is there because we're seeing the numbers that we're seeing out of seeing spray. Yep. Um, you know, and I know deer's paying very close attention to those, to those numbers as, as we all are. Yep. Um, sure. But the, the, the appetite for technology, um, is definitely is definitely there uh and without even getting into the conversation of autonomy yep yep right on well john's probably a good place to stop man yep. if folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what you're doing over at iron solutions what's the best way to do that um you shoot me an email uh email is uh john womack j-o-n w-o-m-m-a-c-k at randallreilly.com um and we can start you know we can start there most of the time it ends up in a phone call um, I do. I do love. Uh, do love having you know corresponding with phone calls or Zoom calls more than I do uh, more than I do email. So uh, so yeah, uh, we can start. We can start there, and you know, feel free to shoot me a message. Shoot me a message anytime, and uh, I'll share with you what I can. Right on, man. Well, John, I appreciate you being the podcast, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Yep, take care. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. Check me out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, LinkedIn at Moving Iron Podcast, and go over to the YouTube channel and see the video version of this at uh, Moving Iron LLC or at Moving Iron Podcast on, on YouTube, and then go to Moving Iron LLC.com for everything Moving Iron related. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour with John Womack. Let's move some iron folks. Out. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com.
Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving higher time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here.